0: It's batting, Jim, but not as we know it. This is big. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. all do all engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Hey you! Get your damn hands off her? Uh. You're my Uncle Joey. Uh. Better get used to these bars, kid. You're talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You're talking to me? I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think
1: you're talking to? Welcome to the Bashcast, brought to you by bookiebashing.net. This is Big, looking at next week's opportunities and the last couple of weeks' worth of profits. This is Bashcast episode number 140. You drive for show, but you putt for dough. It is 7 minutes to 8pm on Friday the 7th of June 2019 coming up tonight no agenda bashcast all that and more coming up in the bashcast this evening look i'm not going to make any qualms about it the bashcast has been off the rails a little bit recently two main reasons for that happening first is the summer break which is kind of a wishy-washy reason because in all honesty we can find ways of making money with two flies climbing up the window Mostly it is, look, I've been doing this for four years now, and the last time I had an extended sort of period of time where I wasn't particularly regular in the Bashcast was when I think three years ago, I went to the hospital. Had my had an operation to remove some of my stomach, and it just completely threw me out. So that was a, a really big disruption in my life. And um, our youngest son, just now Ewan, he's like the next big disruption in our life. Not only is he unsettled and cries all of the time, and if you've ever tried to like put a studio together in your office at home with a microphone and then have a baby cry and cry and cry it's incredibly difficult to find just a period of time when you can get a recording done um where it, it's there's a reasonable amount of um, background noise and so on top of that jen's heading back to work so look if this sounds like a moment it is it's a it's a little bit of a uh, a time in life when things have to take a secondary step. A lot of my betting has taken a secondary step in life. A lot, Definitely a lot of my poker. I'm not doing any World Series of Poker or any EPT as planned this year. Um, and unfortunately a lot of it is focused on um, getting that those kids to nursery and um, dealing with um, dealing with whatever particular mood he is in. So the bash cast is up- upended. Um... And also, we had, I had some feedback that um, the Bashcast was better when it was less about what's going on in my day-to-day and more about edges. But look, the two things are intertwined. I have edges, but I've got other things going on as well. And a lot of the time a lot of my life is advantage play. But just right now, a lot of my life is um, dealing with Ewan and how difficult he is. So that is just that. For any parents out there as well, I don't know if you recognise this. We had Sasha before the Bashcast started. So if you rewind back to the days when I had Sasha, the only thing that... Problem with doing the Bashcast when she was little was she didn't like it when I used to start... I used to start the old Bashcast going... And welcome to the bashcast. The only reason I did that as well is because I had a poor editing um, software where I necessitated moving from the intro to the start of the bashcast with an air eh, to make it seamless. Well, I don't need to do that anymore. But she would cry when I would do that. But that's really the only upheaval and difference. Um that she made to she was an incredibly well behaved little infant and everything and so naturally me and Jen just thought we were the greatest parents in the entire world ever Um, so when we had Ewan we just thought things would be exactly the same turns out we didn't realise that Sasha was the greatest luckiest baby that anyone ever had in their entire lives and um, um, now we know what reality is for the majority of people so, anyway, all of those, all I'm saying here is that throughout the rest of the summer, it's probably going to be the same thing. There'll be a gas every two or three weeks. And we will get back to some sort of routine at some point where we're doing them weekly again. So I'm apologetic, but also not apologetic. So what are we betting on right now? Um, I have been in... Bali for seven days I was competing uh, in the shield against my my old buddies um, who you know we get together rich comes over from Australia the four of us get together we play the shield my name's not on the shield there's only three names on the shield I thought this was my chance. And when I won over 18 holes, Stableford, I thought it was my day as well. But um, over 36 holes wasn't enough and didn't even win the longest caddy drive competition. You go golfing in, in Bali, the round of golf comes with caddies, which is a new experience for me. Um, but that was good fun. It was a good breakaway. Coming back, we've been doing a lot of investigation into how we... Progress forward this summer. At first I thought it was going to be investigations into coupons. I talked about it before, we were investigating coupons, specifically coupons that couldn't be hedged, couldn't be arbed, and were relatively complex calculations. Moving forward into the second and third week of monitoring those coupons, as the um, the games went from primary leaks to secondary to tertiary the liquidity on the correct score markets of those coupons that we were monitoring just disappeared fluttered away like birds and at first where i thought that there was an edge and there may still be one moving forward when it comes to games with the liquidity that we've been seeing in the last couple of weeks we don't have a chance it's um we're getting stuffed by uh a temporal quandary of liquidity on these coupons. By that I mean, one of the fantastic things about one of the edges that we have with a lot of coupons is that we'll have a Saturday coupon with a load of games going off at 3 pm. Now, a load of games going off at exactly the same time means mm. that we can often catch bookmakers with their trousers down. There's too much for them to look at, there's a lot of liquidity. We can benchmark very easily and um, everything happens at once and that is a benefit to us as advantage players. Unfortunately, over the summer, what we're seeing is that things are being stringed out. Things are happening on a Friday night. There's half a dozen UEFA Euro 2020 games tonight and then there'll be a few tomorrow afternoon and then tomorrow night and Sunday and then Monday and Tuesday. You look at a coupon... The bulk of it isn't at exactly the same time, like our usual coupon over the season, where the bulk of the game is at 3pm on a Saturday afternoon. You look at the coupon, everything's stringed out, and I've realised that that stringing out, that temporal thinness that we're seeing, is, um, is more of a headache and more of a killer than I first assumed. It's not that the value isn't there, it's that that temporal thinness makes the value so much harder to identify. And also, it makes the fact that it's easier to cut things when matches are spread out like that. It's harder for them to cut things when all the matches kick off at the same time. So I've reversed the direction of my focus for the summer, and I thought that my focus was going to be there, and instead... I am picking up something, a a project that I wanted to look at some time ago. And this is trying to crack the Enigma code that is personalised bets or your odds, hashtag your odds or whatever it is that you want to call it. I like the terminology of hashtag your odds, although that really is only William Hill. Um... Other bookmakers like Bet365 call them bet builders. Odds on that at Betfair Sportsbook. Betfred go with pick your punt. Betvictor call it price it up. Coral is your call. Ladbrokes is get a price. Skybet is request a bet. But whatever it is, this is the terminology where we build up multiple match variables such as goals, corners and cards into a single bet. Now, bookmakers love these bets because um, for two reasons. One, they can't be hedged. And secondly, they appear to be extremely, well, not extremely. That's too much of an extreme word. They, They are difficult to determine the value of for the majority of the time. That is, if you don't have some sort of network advantage play hub with someone with access to the data and the bespoke models that would be required to calculate the value in all of these bets if you do happen to be a member of one of those sites then uh, it's slightly different case so these bets these personalized bets i'm going to call them hashtag your odds from here on in they're not available in every game and the available variables may be limited on secondary games. So you can get like, you know, primary games will have corners, but maybe not cards. You know what I mean, right? You can choose to create your own bets with a near, you know, a very large number of variables in each um, in each bet. If you were to look at the solution space... And I come at this from a very geeky kind of postgraduate world. I spent seven years studying permutational mathematics and non-polynomial time-hard problems. So if you look at the solution space, every attribute that you add, apparently it becomes harder and harder and harder to work through all the different permutations of these bets and to come up with a model for them, unless you can actually find a pattern, which we did. William Hill and all other bookmakers tend to offer the same predefined hashtag your odds for each match so the bookmakers when they price up bets such as each team to have over five corners and things like that they create these bets using a discrete probability distribution otherwise known as a poisson distribution named after french mathematician simeon denis poisson okay so the perception from them is that these bets are difficult and impossible for punters to work out because they can't be benchmarked against either an exchange market or a odds checker style market. But the bookmakers, we know how they create them. Each variable, the goals, the corners, the cards, they can be estimated for an expected total for each match, team, and half. So the bookmakers, they take an estimated total for the number of corners in each game or the number of cards in each game. And by using a probability distribution model, they estimate the odds of over under X variables based on their expected average. Now, we can do exactly the same thing. This is the thing. We can use exactly the same model to estimate these prices and to work out if the bookmakers are offering any value on these hashtag your odds. I mean, 95% of them are going to be negative EV, but bookmakers tend to estimate a predefined set of odds early in the day. They apply a markup and leave those bets up all day. These bets are susceptible to changing information throughout the day and are often the bookmakers are often guilty of cutting the odds late. So as always, we can take advantage of that latency. All we have to do is find a way of determining an estimate for each bet in the first place. And to do this, we need to know what the average of the corners and the books and the the cards and so on and so forth. Well, we can do that by looking at the spread sites. Now, the spread sites are not like an exchange site so on the exchange we have the wisdom of the crowds where sharp money and clever people are pushing the back and the lay price forwards and backwards and closing a gap until we have an efficient market and on an exchange you have a private company that is running a book and if this private company sets a line and then takes too much money on one side of the line they will change it the result of them changing that line means that if we look at it, that doesn't necessarily reflect what is true. It reflects what they're willing to offer a price on, which is the big difference between an spread betting site and an exchange. But if we dismiss that for one second, we have two main spread betting sites, Sporting Index and Spreadex, and they don't offer you know, they often have different lines for each match. But if we just focus in, let's look at sporting index right here. I'm looking at it now the the spreads, they offer a buy line and a sell line. And the only way to estimate a constant is to either use a midpoint or a pessimistic value. So if you are looking at the overs over goals over corners over cards over things to happen you would look at the byline which is the lower figure the same as on the exchange if you were looking at a series of things to happen on the under you would use a back price and if you were looking at uh, a series of things to happen on the over you would look at the lay price so you can either use a midpoint or a pessimistic value But what they do have is they have a buy line for corners and a sell line for corners. And so we can use this information to determine if any of the hashtag your odds are value. They may say England versus Holland, the the expected corners are 9.25. Well, if we use Excel calculate a Poisson distribution based on an average number of corners of 9.25, we can calculate an estimate for over one corner, two corner, three corner, four corner, five corner, 10 corner, 100 corner, 200 corners. As long as it's uniform, as long as the scoring goes up by one. Corners go up by one, they're uniform. You have one corner, you have two corner. Let's just forget for one second that Corners happen in clusters. That's a slightly unnecessarily confusing part of the equation. What can we count in uniform distribution? Corners? Goals? (sharp) Yeah. Cards? No. Cards on the spreads are defined by booking points. Booking points are 10 points for a yellow and 25 for a red. Cards are issued at... One for a yellow and two for a red. So there's a slightly different scoring mechanism there. But don't worry too much about that. There are ways to map booking points to cards that aren't too difficult. What can't we do? We can't do things like rugby seven points for um, a try, NFL seven points for a touchdown. These aren't uniform, right? Cricket where you have four balls or six balls here and there. These are not uniform. So a Poisson probability distribution, at least a normalized one, isn't suitable for that. But goals are okay. Corners are okay. Cards are okay if they can be mapped. And we did find a way to map it. So we created a bookie bashing Poisson calculator. And also we created a scraping model. And so what I've been doing is scraping through all of the hashtag your odds on William Hill. And what we find is that of the 80 or 90 or so that they offer, maybe two or three happen to be value. So the one that I'm looking at in front of me, Can versus Bordeaux, both teams to score on each team over two corners, 3.7 to back, 3.5 to lay. It's not the hugest bet in the entire world. But it's pretty decent. Well, let's revert to earlier today for something that was close to being the hugest bet ever. Now, I've put my phone in airplane mode because I'm recording the Bashcast. I've just got to take it off airplane mode, otherwise I can't scroll back here. Um, it was, and get this for how random this league is, French women to score in each half And the French women to have over two corners in each half, seven to one, a normal non-boosted daily offer at William Hill. And a simple Poisson calculation on the corners, multiplied by the top price of the market on France to score in each half, or France women to score in each half, showed us that that bet should have been around about four, and they were offering seven to one. An enormous 200 near 200% EV bet that they'll take £500 on in multiple shops if you're lucky by the way that game's on now let's see how it's doing the fact whether it wins or loses means nothing obviously it's being results orientated but it is interesting Um women, women, women what do you, where's the women here women well, France women are one nil up. So they've scored in the first half. There's only 15 minutes of the game gone. So that's that part of the equation. And they've had two corners so far after 15 minutes. So they only need one more corner in this half. And that half is done. And then this bet is going to be something like eight evens. Something like that. So, Listen... It's an inexact science. And I'm going to talk more in the future about the new odds checker scraping tool that we have, which is also an inexact science. But here's an exact science. Let me tell you about an exact science, right? Benchmarking a price against a static lay on the exchange is an exact science. Do you want to know the problem with that? It is twofold. Find me a massive boost in the entire world where you can get a lot of money on it, it as a decent EV and there's a static layer in the exchange. You won't find one, right? Even the multiples have been killed by, you know, every treble in the entire known universe that is a normal, you know, Liverpool, Newcastle, Man United, three to one. It instantly goes up on the exchanges. So the bookmakers don't take any money on them, right? So, yeah, these things are fantastic and they're good, but if you... No one is interested in a £5 maximum bet at 110% EV. I'm not paying my mortgage off something like that. Nobody is. We're trying to find things that are high EV that we can get money down. And moving forward, those things are going to be bets that not only cannot be laid, but are relatively difficult to calculate the value of. And anything that's got a static lay on the exchange is really, 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 really easy to calculate the, you know, the fair odds of. So we have to do these things where we're using Poisson distribution models and uh, benchmarking against top price to find new markets and determine and discover and track things Um that are, that are of value. Now, by doing this, what we do is we introduce um, a, a, a little bit of uncertainty into our calculation of the estimation of value. You see, when we're benchmarking against the exchange, we can just go, well, we're benchmarking against the wisdom of the crowds. Can't do better than that. Can't do better than that. That is the fault of the wisdom of the crowds if it goes wrong. And it's not my fault. You know what I mean? It's like, pass the buck. It's not my fault. The the, the, the exchange said it was this price. We bet on a higher price than the exchange. Boom, we're done. That's all we have to do. Well, it's, you know, that kind of betting... That's going to be what everyone else is going to be doing pretty soon. And so I can already see them playing catch up with us. We were doing that last year. We need to be making that one step ahead to stay ahead of the crowds. And that's by making alternative associative calculations of values benchmark against. And they're going to be less certain than the wisdom of the crowds. And occasionally we're going to get it wrong. But... This all harps back to looking at a long-term view and a portfolio of bets over a year. If you bet on previously, we would probably would have been happy that if we bet on ninety-five percent of things that were good and five percent of things that were bad, we'd be we'd definitely be showing profit. That little margin may have to change so that we can continue getting decent stakes on it might be 85-15 15% where it's so uncertain that they could be negative expectation bets maybe it's 20% but our volume at the same time will increase and by increasing our volume whilst accepting that we may be a little bit more loosey goosey in some of our bets we'll just be dandy when I was over in Bali last week by the way don't do this this was appalling we drove to the villa which, and apropos of nothing, was owned by Leroy Firth. Didn't meet him, didn't do anything. He just happened to have that house and he rented it out on Airbnb. So we randomly rented it off him. We pulled into the road and there were some people... Accru- okay, so there was a brick lane that we pulled into at about 9pm at night in Bali. So it's dark. And we're going down this brick lane, and by brick lane I mean the road is one lane made out of bricks, and then it's a rice field on either side. Um, on the right-hand side is a rice field as far as you can see until the the beautiful beach and the ocean. On the left-hand side is a shack with a man that sold snacks and crisps and plantain and drinks and bintang, and bintang, and bintang, and there was a crowd of people surrounded in a circle, and I said, what are they doing? And Dax Driver said, they're gambling. What do you mean the gambling? And he said, um, it's an old Indonesian gambling tradition that the criminals get involved with. I said, well, can, can we go and play? I'd like to go and play that. That sounds like fun. And he said, no, it was too dangerous. But I think he was just, I don't know. It didn't look dangerous. So the next night I asked if we could go up. And the security guard that was sat outside the villa all night said it was a bad idea. So I left it at that. And the penultimate night of the holiday, I sort of had enough. And I, said I wanted to go and find out what was going on. So I went up there with 100,000 Indonesian rupiah in my pocket, which is six quid. And um, I talked to the guy selling the bintang, and I I bought a bintang, and I bought him a drink, and I asked him to get me into the circle. And you go into the circle, and there are two mats. On one mat seems to be a ball that is possessed, that is wandering around these shapes and these numbers, and um, it 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 is a ball, but it's not being it's obviously weighted, and there's some sort of control mechanism inside it. And on the right hand side is some shapes and some numbers as well over there and the ball would land on the left hand side and then some money would be paid out based on what people were betting on on the right hand side and so i was like i want to have a go of this and i threw down ten thousand rupee on my first bet which is 60p and i thought 60p in like bali that'd be a de- like a decent bet you know the the. There are casinos in Birmingham that will take 50p on a roulette table. (laughs) I wasn't betting high enough, though. (laughs) The the 10,000 rupiah was thrown back to me, and I was told it was a minimum 30,000 rupiah bet, which is about £1.50 to £2. So I put 30,000 rupiah on a red 7, and then the ball landed on a green square and then all the money was taken away and i hadn't got a clue i hadn't got a clue why the red seven didn't win when the green square was landed on didn't make any sense to me and i tried to speak to other people no one spoke english it wasn't that anyone was unfriendly no one was friendly but no one was unfriendly at the same time So I bet on a different square. That didn't win. And then I watched everyone else and I bet on what some other guy bet on because he seemed to be winning a lot. I lost that money. That was me stuck for nearly 100,000 rupees. I thought, I'm not leaving the six figures down. I've got my bintang. I've lost three bets in a row. That's enough for me. That's enough for the first half of the bash cast as well. Guys, you're listening to The Bashcast, and it's brought to you by bookiebashing.net.
0: You keep me coming back to you.
1: Welcome back to the Bashcast. It's Coming Back to You by Lane 8 from the album Little by Little. 2018. In the bookie, bashing news. Not a lot, it's just been a little bit... Well, it's been quiet because I've been away, so I've been focusing on things, I've been reading... I did actually take myself away and I bought a novel and didn't um, surround myself by the gambling world. One of the things I do intrinsically really miss is the World here's a Poker. I've been following the tweets of the shitstorm that was the big fofty. Just looked hilarious. What did you get involved with all of it? Not doing it this year. Almost certainly doing it next year. One of the things that we were, th- we were talking about is that we were talking about incentivizations for people adding boosts to the tracker at Bucky bashing because i understand entirely the reasons why you would um want to keep a bet to yourself so as not to get it cut but after you've got as much money on on that particular bet that you want to i would say share it unless it's a an edge that can be exploited over and over again unless the masses come in so let's say you have an edge that can be exploited and you can exploit it this week and next week and next week and next week and very, very few people know about it. And then if lots of people knew about it and were exploiting this edge, then this edge would stop happening. Well, of course, it makes sense that you need to keep that to yourself. I know people that do this and there's no bad feeling about any of this. It's, it's common sense, not bad feeling that you need to do this in order to protect your particular edge in your particular income stream but if it happens to be a bet on ladbrooks or wherever that you've made and you know is good um, then I think the benefit of sharing it with others is that you become more engaged and by becoming more engaged you learn new skills I've learned new skills and how uh, new edges by engaging and sharing and i I believe others can as well but it definitely is the case that a minority of bookie bashers are sharing the majority feel safer to read and to just go and do themselves now i think those minority i'm i'm in contact on direct message with almost all of the minority that do share and do populate the tracker and bookie bashing And we were thinking do is there something that we can do on our side of the fence to um, To increase engagement almost to reward um, You know getting involved with the tracker someone once also said to me and I want to uh, This is a complete falsehood from them. So if it was you I'm not targeting you, but um, I I don't want anyone to think this. Someone said, so, wait a minute, Tom. You've created a bot to track all the sites, to get the bets, and you want your users to populate the tracker. And so you're just going to sit back and take all of the money every month and isn't life great being you? Really? Is that what you think? So go and have a look at the tracker today. The bot didn't appear on page one of the tracker. You had to go to the second page to find a bet that the bot had found. Why? Because as time goes on, the bot finds these normal 1x2 bets. But the 1x2 bets aren't the highest EV bets anymore because they immediately go on to Matchbook and markets and places like this. So that isn't the purpose of um, what what I'm trying to do here. The purpose of what I'm trying to do here is increase engagement to get everybody into some sort of massive melting pot of exceptionally intelligent value hunting, (laughs) genuinely. So we thought, what can we do about it? And I was like, one thing I might do is, um, I might go and play another big event. So if anyone's been listening to the Bashcast for years, typically go and play five thousand ten thousand dollar or pound or euro buy-ins so i might just go and play one of those and then just chop off a big chunk of it and give it to some people that um have been populating the tracker that's my idea i'm sort of trying to formulate i'm not quite sure if the people that are populating the tracker want that as kind of recompense or anything like that. I don't know if they want anything, but that's one of the things that, if you've got any ideas of what we could do here, and kind of, just a, you know, a reward system to increase engagement, get in touch and let me know. I'll be interested in your thoughts. The other thing is um, we've been trying to, Duncan, me and Lee, we've been trying to flesh out the roadmap. So excuse me whilst I click buttons on the site here. Um, another question we were asked is where are you guys going? How do we know when the right time to upgrade is and get all of the tools? So we've put a roadmap together, and I'm going to try and associate this roadmap with um, some timelines. But let me start by saying the beginning of the next Premiership season. Don't hold us to that. As you may know, as anyone knows, when you're developing software, tools, hardware, a community. sometimes you can be delayed and sometimes you can smash your estimates in terms of you know how long it takes to do things. You can you can do things you know if you're writing if I'm writing an Excel model, I've had occasion in the last couple of weeks that I've thought that something would take me 20 minutes. Someone asked me to look at all horse races where there was a joint favorite and see if the the horse where there's a joint favorite, bookmakers will often pay out on the lower number horse for various different scenarios and they thought that the bookmakers were abusing this and that the horse that was lower numbered was much less likely to win in the scenario of a joint favorite well i thought that that was the easiest analysis in the entire world for me to go and do and yet somehow it took me hours and hours and hours when i thought it was just going to take me 10 minutes and on the flip side when you want to do something that you think is going to take you just a few minutes, um, is, is going to take you forever, sometimes that you can just crack it in a few minutes. You go, I can't believe that that was as easy. And creating these tools is like this. So we're going to aim for the next premiership season. It could be earlier than that. It could be in July. And it could be later than that. It could be in October. But that's what we're going to aim for. And when I say aim for, I mean maturity where we're satisfied that these products are good good enough that anyone can pick them up. Determine value and make decent sums of money using these tools. The tools in development are the Golf Tracker, which is pretty much available now. Um, a goals model for assessing total goals bets across different leagues a horse racing tracker that's going to take advantage of value based on the bias that we see from the place structure in each way bets an exclusive offers tracker that will take advantage of the top offers that are regularly available such as ddhh and the unibet penalty payback where we will track all of those and work out the EV and structure them so you can just log on and go and place bets and take advantage of those offers. An early payout tracker, the 2 ups of this world and the 7 ups and all of the Bet365 Paddy Power and every other bookmaker that will pay out early if an event happens in a game. A casino tracker that we're hoping is a it's probably best structured as a community tracker where offers of the day are posted, EV is automatically calculated, and then notes are added by the community. These things, something like a casino tracker, which is so much more dynamic and changeable and even day by day would differ, is definitely something that is better run as a sort of community-driven thing. An alert system for dashboard and notifications to email and Discord. Of course, the coupons tracker and the boosts tracker, which are already up and running. Um, A middling tracker, where we're going to determine middles in various different sports. And all of these different tools, we're hoping should be at some level of maturity by the beginning of the next football season. Um, If not all of them, hopefully the majority of them. And none of them will be complete, as with with everything. You know, everything gets 80% good and then you should always be looking back and refining these tools and continually updating them. And some of them will become obsolete very quickly and then new ideas will come on the horizon. So... Just like when we're now looking at hashtag your odds, in order to be a long-term advantage player, I can't tell you now that next year we're definitely going to be looking at those things to make money, because the environment's going to change next year. What if everyone, the tens of thousands of people from all of the other sites, are looking at exactly that stuff next year? We're going to have to be looking at something else. But do you know what we've done since we've started? We've always been looking at things that other people have not been looking at. And we've always gone and explored and found new edges. And so if it it is the case that too many people are looking in one particular direction. I mean, this is the same as why there's no value in the Champions League final evening, because all pairs of advantage players' eyes are focused in the same direction for one match. How the hell are you meant to find an edge then? So if it is the case that people are looking at things, then we'll just leave them behind and we'll move on. And that fluidity, that dynamicism, that's not a word, is it, um, of being able to change and move with the times is part of this ultimate tool access. Does this sound like a pitch? It's not meant to. It's meant to sound like a philosophy. I'm not meaning to sound like a like a sales pitch. Yeah, Here's birds tweeting. Have they been tweeting all the way through the bashcast? Oh, good for them. It's been raining all day in the middle of July in the UK, so they're coming out for a breath of fresh air. It's coming up. Conta's not in the final of the women's tennis, which is a little bit of a shame, I think, personally. Um, because she played very well in the, the quarterfinals against Sloane Look I mean, she destroyed her in the first set and then won that game 2-0. We've got a weekend of um, Euro 2020 qualifiers coming up. We have the Cricket World Cup, in which England are playing Bangladesh tomorrow, uh, Saturday at 10.30, and are 1-6 to six to win that match. Although they were heavy odds on favourites last week against Pakistan, and they didn't win that match. So um, there's been a couple of topsy-turvy surprises in the cricket world cup and then next week we have the us open um so there will be not only just some extra places there we'll have some some um 10 place bookmakers which is always fun so we can overlay the 10 places we can overlay the win for a plus ev shot at the places or we can overlay the place at a plus ev shot at the win in the last tournament in the masters we had 250 to 1 luke list place for us so hopefully something as juicy as that the monster that is bruce brooks koetka heads the field at 9.4 with dustin at 10 and tiger woods at 14.5 um will we find s- someone like a brant snedeker though who just shot 10 under par today in the canadian open and was highlighted at 40 to 1 on our trackers um and keegan bradley who was the first round leader was also highlighted on our trackers at 66 to 1 and either one of those two will be a very decent result i've put, started putting up by the way so i know that we have trackers here there and everywhere for different analytical te- te- um capabilities of buggy bashing one of the things that we're definitely going to streamline is that I have my tables here. Lee has his over there. Well, purposefully, they've been separate for a small period of time. Uh, very, very soon, they're going to be combined into just Lee's, basically. But I've um, if you look at who is the top EV of those tables all of the time, it's always really long golfers. The highest EV is always the guys who are 300, 400, 500 to 1. This comes out of the fact that we have an inefficient bias on the play side of each way bets when it comes to golfers. But you're don't want to be you not going to make a lot of money betting on 200, 300, 400, 500 to 1 golfers all the time because they simply don't win. In fact, the first thing that I do when I get one of these trackers is I skim my eyes up and down the tracker list to try and find the golfers that are lower down in the double figure odds. So instead of just relying on the EV tables, I've been publishing now four weeks in a row, uh, recommended golf bets. And I think if you started with a 1,000 pound bankroll and placed every bet that I recommended, I even have the stake stake sizes on there. We're in week four now, and you'd be up to something like 1,600, 1,700. In fact, do you want an exact figure? Why do I have to be wishy-washy about this? Let's give an exact figure. It's in here go to the sports if you go to the forum and then you go to the sports today offers for now and then um in there i've got bookie bashing golf resorts. yeah you would have a 1708 pounds right now if you started with a 1000 pound bankroll four weeks ago Hashtag small sample size but um it's all based on mathematics and it's just a way of isolating some golfers from the different methodologies that we have and um sort of you know we can have a couple of long odds golfers but let's really focus on the ones that are both positive expectation and a reasonable price at the same time that's what we did with keegan bradley at 66 to 1 that's what we did with Brandt snedeker at 40 to 1 um in the canadian open and Brandt snedeker and keegan bradley are both smashing it uh So, hopefully, that continues to turn some profit. US Open should definitely be fun next week. Whatever it is that you're betting on, please do make sure it's valued. This is Tom, signing out. This is big.
0: That's the coolest fucking story I've ever heard in my entire life. That's insane. Can I hear it again? Do you have time?